Alright, welcome back to another episode of Sound of Salvation, and today I have a pretty exciting topic I want to cover, and it's a little different than what I usually do, but as I work up through the episodes from the beginning of my, you know, experience doing these podcasts, I just want to give you guys kind of a feel on how the Bible works and how great and awesome the Bible is by showing you the amazing works of God and what he tells us in the Bible, because it is called the Word of God, is how he speaks to us, and we can learn a lot through studying the scriptures, being a student of the scriptures, and that's what I'm trying to be, and I'm trying to give you guys a clear understanding of what the Bible teaches. So today's episode is God's key to creation, and so In the Bible, God gives us certain passages that often we don't know what they mean or don't know why he speaks to us as he does and gives us certain clues about certain things. But the truth is these clues are keys and they're keys to plug into certain other verses because the Bible all works together. We can use revealed mysteries and revealed verses that God gives to his apostles and prophets and we can plug them into other parts of the bible like the beginning or the end or the middle whatever that might be but they give us prophetic understanding of what has happened and what will happen on god's timeline so i'm going to jump right into it and give you the key to creation um but before i do that and explain to you the verse. Uh, I'm just going to go over what I'm talking about really quick. So, according to the Bible, there's seven millennia of human history. So, equaling 8,000 years, but those 8,000 years, there are seven millennia, or each equaling 1,000 years. Starting from year zero, you could say. Each of those millennia correspond with the day of creation. Because the seven millennia can be chopped up and divided into seven subsequent millennia to correspond with its defining number. So like the second millennia corresponded with the second day of creation, or the third millennia corresponded with the third day of creation, sixth millennia, sixth day of creation, so forth and so on. This is possible to understand how these two correlate through a key, right, that God gives us in 2 Peter 3, 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. So I'm going to go over the creative acts that God did during the first week, and show how each daily work connects with history, as well as future prophetic events. And we're going to see how these days correlate with past millennias and we can see in history that these are proven true and how the bible is so intricate and so finely woven together that if you know you pull a string up top it's going to wrinkle at the bottom and that's how the bible really is it's uh it's full of mysteries and knowledge um that's not actually hidden to us it's actually revealed to us for a purpose so god doesn't just give the seven days of creation account in Genesis 1 for some knowledge to just know how God made the world because there's some odd information in Genesis 1 
that goes very in depth into what it was, the specific features of his creations. So this isn't just for our knowledge to make us smart per se, but it's for our benefits to know how it connects to the future and how it has connected to the past, all relating to God's promises and God's built, his constructed timeline from the beginning of time. So 2 Peter 3, 8, as I read already, he starts off by saying, be not ignorant of one thing. That's very important. He's saying to take into account this one thing very seriously because this means something. So he gives us one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one day. So that is odd information. Whenever we have odd information in the Bible that really doesn't affect us personally, we should know, we should be able to discern that must deeply apply to something else. I'm going to go over the seven millennia here just to give you a clear understanding of what I'm going to talk about um, with the seven days of creation. So the first thousand years was from Adam until Noah, and this actually began with the, the first day of, of sin in the world, the world tainted with sin, the first day that Adam sinned. So Adam sinned until Noah, and that's described by the light of the conscience. There was no law, but there was a light of the conscience. Second thousand years was from Noah until Abraham. This second millennia was deeply impacted by the flood, Noah's flood, the great flood flood that swept over the whole earth. And the third thousand years was from Abraham till King Solomon. This is when God selected his chosen people, Israel. Four thousand years was from Solomon until the Messiah was born, Christ, Jesus Christ. So this, um, this millennia is described by the Messiah being born, Jesus coming into the world. Fifth thousand years is from Christ until the dark ages. And this is when Christ died, rose and ascended into heaven. And the sixth thousand years is from the dark ages until Christ returns. That's going to be described and be characterized. Each millennia has a characterization, a, a defining event or feature that um, will connect it back to each day of creation. So we're currently living in the sixth thousand year. Um, at the end of it, actually, at the end of the sixth millennia. And this is characterized by the man uh, exaltation of man and the beast, um, the Antichrist coming and ruling the world. 7,000 years um, is going to be from Christ's return until the end of time. And that's going to be described by Christ's rule on earth. So that will last for a thousand years, the millennia. Okay. Now that you have that uh, kind of understood, um, that's going to be the key for understanding what I'm talking about, about um, each of the seven days. So let's begin with uh, day one, and we're going to begin with the first verse of the Bible. This is exciting stuff, no doubt about it. If uh, you guys never read the first verse of the Bible, uh, you're gonna it's going to sound familiar because usually everyone knows the first verse of the Bible. So beginning in verse one of Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So here, God didn't create light, for God is the light, the sun is the light. 
um, and God showed and revealed light and that light was from God. Um, the Father didn't create anything here, um, but revealed the light of the world to the world, the Son of God. Okay, John 1, just a reference verse about light and the Son of God, says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is where life is found. So from the first verse, we have Son of God being shown. So here we have God showing Jesus Christ, in which Christ, the Son of God, would create everything. So this is like God's canvas. So far it is blank, and Christ now is going to illuminate and cause for life to be implemented in the further days of creation. But how does this relate to the first millennia? As I said earlier, first millennia is characterized by the light of the conscience. Now there's no law in the first millennia. Okay, this is when Adam and Eve sinned against God, they were kicked out of the garden, and there was no written law given by Moses. And to the people, the people lived under a light under um, every man has a heart every man has a written conscience a written law on the hearts so every man has a light of their own to know right from wrong good from evil so God gave people conscience and that's the light in Psalm 119 105 it says thy word is a lamp until my feet and a light unto my path so there is a light when it comes to the written word on the heart. And so that bears witness to their thoughts and will either convict them or excuse them for right doing or wrong doing. All right, second day now. We're going to move on to the second day. And continuing in verse 6, it says, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. So in this day, God created a boundary to separate the waters from beneath from the waters above. So the waters beneath is going to be the formless and void shape of the earth and its chaotic state of the earth's condition here. And we know that on the second millennia, God flooded the earth with uh, a chaotic state. And so this firmament was the separating boundary between God's creation and heaven. And so you might be thinking, I don't get the waters above. I get the waters beneath, but not the waters above this atmosphere, this firmament. Well, the waters above in this time before the flood, before the flood of waters came, the waters above was a water canopy that existed around the earth as a thin crystalline frozen ice barrier. And this increased oxygen levels and provided a prime condition for the earth for life to flourish, such as people living to almost a thousand years. So when the flood came, it broke that ice barrier. And so this really does relate to the second thousandth year which is 
the Fulad waters came in year 1625, I believe. I could be wrong about that, but that's what I remember. And the Bible actually does describe the genealogies, so you can actually know the, the exact year that the flood waters came. This connects even, even deeper. So in the second thousand years of human history, the flood of Noah encompassed the earth. This was the chaotic state of the earth that matches with the chaotic formless waters that was upon the face of the deep during the second day of creation. But also here, this is pretty awesome. Because all these days are going to relate back to, back to Christ in some way. God on the second day of creation had separated earth with space. And with God's throne, which is past space and is separated from our universe by another firmament. So just as God created that firmament to separate uh, this, this atmosphere or this earth with heaven, with, this, with space, with outer space, he also separated our universe with... Uh, with his throne by implementing um, a barrier, a firmament, you could say, which is called a sea of glass. And so in Ezekiel 10.1, it says, Then I looked, and behold, in the firmament that was above the head of the cherubims, okay, so there's a firmament above the head of the cherubims, there appeared over them, as it were, a sapphire stone, as the appearance of the likeness of a throne. So separating between our universe and God's throne, there's a firmament. So this is a separating boundary between the holiness of God and man. And so because this is going to relate even more to, to God's ultimate plan here, so because sin was a separator between God and man, God judged the earth with the chaotic waters right of the flood. And there was salvation, remember the story, there's Noah's Ark, there was salvation for only one family that decided to to get on the ark. And just as there's salvation for that one family that decided to, any person could, whosoever came to uh, Noah to, to seek refuge from the flood waters before the flood came, right? This is before God's wrath. Before God's wrath, there's hope. While there's life, there's hope. But when God spills out his wrath upon the world, there's no hope for anyone who does not abide in him. So we abide in him by going through the firmament and that's only possible by opening the firmament and that was accomplished by jesus christ going through the sea of glass into the heavenly heavens also called the third heaven where believers will live in the presence of god forever the place is the throne of god in which jesus sits at the right hand of the father and just by him sitting there, he has gone through the separator, the separator, the firmament, the sea of glass, by his death, resurrection, and ascension through the sea of glass to provide atonement for our sins. So on the second day, there was an institution of the separating firmament, the boundary, on the physical realm, right? The atmosphere that divides earth from heaven, but that also reflects on the spiritual realm. Um, of a separation between the holiness of God and the spirits of man from the fall. So this is this is the door. This was the ark, um, and just as the person found entrance into salvation into the ark by the door, they had there was only one door. They only had one chance, only one means to salvation. We too have the door, and that is Jesus Christ who came and provided the opening for our salvation. Now in John 10, 9, he says, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved, shall go in and out and find pasture. 
So here Jesus is the shepherd and providing the door, which is himself. Not only is he the good shepherd, but he is the means to entering into the sheepfold. Just as that was the case or is the case for us, that is the case or was the case with Noah in the ark and the door into salvation. So John 14.6 says, when Jesus speaks to them, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way which we're saved. So that's how the second day uh, connects to the second millennia. And I went in depth there much more than I had to, but I want to connect each of these days to Jesus Christ because each day of creation, remember, we are plugging in the key of the, the, the one day equaling a thousand years. We're plugging that in. And we're seeing each defining event of the millennias all have something to do with Jesus Christ because it's all for Jesus Christ. It was all by him, to him, and for him. Okay. Third day now, let the waters under the heaven be gathered unto one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and gathered together the waters and called he sees and god saw that it was good god said let the earth bring forth grass the herb yielding seed and the true and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind whose seed is in himself upon the earth and it was so and the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind and tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind and god saw that it was good and the evening and the morning were the third day so we see here that the third day is the creation or appearance of dry land seas seed and fruit so on the third millennia of humanity god picked abraham right the father of israel and so god blessed abraham to become a great nation when he said that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because thou hast obeyed my voice. Okay, so we see here that God will multiply Abraham's seed, okay, and he says he will possess the gate of his enemies. So God was to bless the seed that was produced, or that would produce a great nation, the nation of Israel, by giving Abraham seed, descendants, and land. In Genesis 2-7, God says to Abram, now this was Abraham's name before, he was blessed by God to be called Abraham. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto thy seed, I will give this land. So we see here on the third day of creation, the seed produced is connected to the seed of Abraham, the nation of Israel. Um, the nation that was brought forth out of Egypt into the promised land by God through Moses, that prophet, right, God's deliverance of the people was by the means of parting the Red Sea. Okay, and the last thing here we have is fruit. Now, fruit is the good stuff that results in the seed or from the seed. So out of the seed, we have fruit, and that is the, that is the goal, right? That is um, what you want. When you plant seeds, you your result, you want the effectual cause of fruit to be made. So how does the fruit of the third day of creation relate? Well, it relates because the Messiah is the fruit. 
Now, the Messiah didn't come until the fourth millennia, but this is prophecy. Each day relates to prophetic tellings that God gives us and gave the people of old, okay? When God says, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, that is relating to the Messiah, the fruit of the seed. 1 Corinthians 15.20 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Romans 11.16 For if the first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. And so here we have Christ being the fruit by his salvific work on the cross death and then resurrection specifically is resurrection from the dead so this is prophecy for christ providing salvation by his resurrection and so in romans 8 23 paul says and not only they but ourselves also which have the first fruits of the spirit even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body so as Christ raised from the dead, so will we, because we are a part of the first fruits, which is the root, the holiness, in which we are, the lump, the sum, total, the nations of the earth shall be blessed, composed of Jew and Gentile. Okay, so that's how the, the third day relates to the third millennia of the dry land, or land relating to Israel possessing the gate of his enemies, the sea, which is by the salvation of God, the means unto that salvation was parting of the Red Sea. The seed was Abraham's seed or Israel, and the fruit is the blessing of that seed until the salvation of the whole world, which is Christ. All right, fourth day. All right, let's begin now with verse 14 and this is now the fourth day of creation and god said let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years and let them be let them be for lights in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so and god made two great lights the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night he made the stars also and god said and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day, over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So here we see that God made the sun, moon, and stars on the fourth day. And we see here from verse 14, the beginning of the fourth day, God creates lights in the firmament, the, he the heavens, we call it the heavens, outer space. We have stars. And God says, let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. So everything that follows, right, the, the heavens, the constellations and the, the bodies which are within space are for seasons and for days and for years, for signs. So let's, let's continue here and see how God's creation relates to that. The sun and the moon which he made were the dividers between day and night. On the fourth millennia, relating to the fourth day of creation, the sun, not the S-U-N sun that is in the sky, but the S-O-N, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the one by whom the seasons rely upon, and of the stars the seasons can be discerned, was born. Okay, Jesus was born on in the, in the close of the fourth millennia. In Luke 21, 25 through 27, 
he says, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations and with perplexity the seas the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth for the powers of the heaven will be shaken and then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory so christ is saying now in matthew 25 14 watch therefore for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the son of man cometh but it seems here like the seasons stars constellations show the the signs all revolving around jesus christ because his first coming the messiah was discerned by the wise men who came to jesus at his birth and they knew by the heavens and were guided by a star okay and so the moon also was made the fourth day and that was to reflect the light of the sun and so this is more prophecy relating to the next millennia that was made in the in the in the fifth millennia and the moon is called the lesser light but what does the moon do and what is the moon it has no light on its own but it reflects the light of the sun do you see where i'm going with this jesus christ is a son the son of god and us the church are equivalent to the moon we reflect the light of the son of god we have no light on our own, but are empowered by the Holy Spirit within us. And so we are the light of the world living in darkness. That's right. Pretty awesome stuff here. In Isaiah 66, 23, this is prophecy about what will come to pass. And verse 23, And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. Isn't that interesting how the moon is identified as the church and how the church is composed of all flesh? So once again, there's a clear connection between the creative day and the millennium. Let's move on to day five. And so day five is when life is created initially, beginning in verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven and god created great whales and every living creature that moveth and with the waters he brought forth abundantly after their kind and every and every wing fowl after his kind and god saw that it was good and god blessed them saying be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let fowl multiply in the earth and the evening and the morning were the fifth day so god created life so this is the first signs of life so as Jesus was born in the 4,000 years um, of humanity, around 4 BC, he died and resurrected and ascended around 30 AD. So he was both in the 4th and 5th millennia. So on the 4,000th year when Christ was born, he gave, you know, the light. He was the initial showing of the light of the world into man. But on the 5,000th year, he gave life to man, okay, by jesus raising up his own life from the grave now in john 11:25, he says to to a woman i'm the resurrection and the life he that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die john 6:51 says i'm the living bread which came down from heaven if any man 
eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give in my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So life is found in the light. Okay, so just as life was created the fifth day, on the, on the fifth millennia, life was given unto the dead by his resurrection. Now this is spiritual life into spiritually dead. Okay, so now we're going to begin with the sixth day, beginning in verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and the creeping thing and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so, and God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have but dominion over the flesh of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And God created man in his own image. And the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth and god said behold i have given you every herb yielding seed which is upon the face of the earth and every tree in which the fruit of the tree yielding seed to you it shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth Wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so, and God saw everything that he had made. So God's whole creation now is complete. And behold, it was very good in the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So on the sixth day, God created cattle or so-called beasts, creeping things, and man. So this is our current millennia that we're living in. So we're going to have to see soon some... Uh, connection between this millennia and the sixth day of creation and so this one this millennia is characterized by very dark dark things in which will come so he made he made beasts he made creeping things and he made man so the six thousandth years of god's timeline will mark the end of the present age and the defining event that will take place in this age is the world as we know it to crumble and to fall into great turmoil under the rule of the Antichrist. 2 Thessalonians 2, 3-4 says, Let no man deceive you by any means, for the day shall not come except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God so this is the millennia where man makes himself God in his own eyes the exaltation of man in their own mind and imagination above God okay so the man of sin will be called the beast God made beasts the sixth Day. And the beast, the Antichrist, is the one to come and to overcome and kill the saints and rule the whole world. Revelation 13, 4, and they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? 
This will be the fullness of man's time on earth during the 6,000 years of God's timeline. This is God's timeline. It's his structure that he made and everything will come to pass. And so the number six, just, you know, 6,000 a year, the sixth day, number six is associated with man's number, right? Six, 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 the number of the beast or 666 is the number. And this is the last of man's power under the authority of Satan on earth. And so now we get into the seventh day, right? Rest. All right. And so let's begin with chapter two. Verse 1 of Genesis, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God created and made. Currently, we're living in the 6,000th um, years or the, the sixth millennia towards the end and we're almost in the seventh so this means that the literal end of things as we know it is about to take place just as God switched from creating to resting so will the earth switch from degrading right degrading earth as we know it right now to regenerated or regeneration by the return of Christ coming in the clouds to be crowned king of kings and lord of lords so the earth in the seventh millennia which will be christ's millennial kingdom on earth will bring an end to humanity's travesties of god and of christ of what humanity thinks of the, themselves of, as god or what they imagine as god or if they imagine god at all they will know god to be god they will know christ to be god because he will be physically ruling on earth christ who is one with the father and one with the spirits the earth will go through renovation and there will be a splendorous state of plentiful increase in resources and will benefit humanity as it did before the flood um, where people were living to almost a thousand years of age and the earth will supply rest right the sabbath rest seventh day is the sabbath seventh millennia is 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 the sabbath is rest it's it's the regeneration of the earth uh, into an edenic state really. In Isaiah 65, 20, this is just how awesome millennia is going to be. And for us right now, because the 6,000 years, right, will end, right, the beast and the Antichrist will come, and or the Antichrist will come and be indwelled by Satan, and the tribulation will go down and all this, but it will end, okay, by Christ's return. Christ will put all that is evil under his feet. All the nations will be under his feet. And so it will begin a great state of a thousand years. And only those who are in Christ and believe in Christ can enter this. Okay. So Isaiah 65 20 says, There shall be no more thence an infant in those days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die at a hundred years old. A child. We think of a child like 10 years old. Well, now he's, he or she is going to die at a thousand. Right. And a hundred years, a hundred years is like 10. And that's like terrible to die at that age. Okay. For this is all, all the mortals on earth. There will be mortals for those who accept Christ before the rapture of the church. We will be given our glorified bodies clothed with immortality and come back to earth as immortals never to die. Before the mortal living on earth that had to go through the tribulation, who withstood the beast and the mark, okay, who did not take the mark, they will 
be given entrance into the millennial kingdom and will live um, a thousand years. Okay, and then in Isaiah 65, verse 25, okay, this is, this is awesome. There will be no more um, meat eaters. There will be no more death in that sense of predators, okay? says the wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and the dust shall be the serpent's meat for they shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain saith the lord god's holy mountain right that is that is his kingdom okay so this is only available this this greatness to be a part of christ's um, glory in which he shall be highly exalted and glorified we shall be highly exalted and glorified because we are found in Christ and Christ found in the Father. But this is only possible by being born again. And so this is where I come to the end of my my, uh, my show here. And this is where I tell you about Jesus Christ who died for you. And you can have life in his name. Okay, but this is the timeline of God. Since the beginning of time, he created the structure of, of the plan on which he would save us. Okay, so question is do you want to be saved so that's a question you must answer okay for all who call upon the name of the lord shall be saved that lord is jesus christ all right that is all i got for you guys today hope you enjoyed it hope you learned something i learned something uh researching this and learning about it it's very interesting um but this is surely the truth um of the key verse um that we're supposed to plug in and it's supposed to get so much out of it and that's what i'm doing i'm getting so much out of this and hope you guys are too all right god bless you